Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Conversations at Heal. This is your host, Susan Jacoby. I hope you're all well, and I hope that these inspirational interviews are helping you to discover how to make the decision to overcome childhood trauma, develop self-love, and live a life of peace and joy. Our guest is going to be talking to us and showing us ways to move past those limiting beliefs that keep us held back and how we can live our life the way we choose, not a life that was chosen for us or a life that was built around surviving and has never taken the back seat so that you can live a life full of joy and happiness. Our guest is Rashida Gay. Rashida is a clinical hypnotherapist, certified NLP life coach, and an EFT practitioner. She lives a life of passion and purpose after overcoming a background of poverty, dysfunction, and child abuse. Rashida's mission is to help people all around the world release their limiting beliefs and emotional blocks that prevent them from achieving their dreams and goals. She specializes in inner child work to help clients develop the self-love, self-confidence, and self-belief that is necessary to build a life that they love. For more information about Rashida's work and the various programs that she offers, visit her website at mindshiftlife.com. And you'll find a link to her website on the description portion of our show. Welcome, Rashida, to Conversations at Heal. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm amazing. I'm so honored to be on your show today. At what point did you realize <laughs> that you were entitled to experience self-love and self-acceptance? Receive it from yourself and others, because I think it's really important for people to have awareness of what it looks like. Was there a time where you knew that you were entitled to experience it? You were allowed to experience it? That's a great question. You know why? Because coming from the background that I did, what I thought self-love and self-acceptance were was something you did on the outside. So I thought, you know, if I could go to school and get a good job and make good money and wear nice clothes and live in the right neighborhood and marry the right person and, you know, all this stuff, you know, I thought that that's how I could build it because I knew I didn't have it inside of myself, but I didn't want the world to know that. So I put this mask on as if, well, all this, you know, my life looks good. I had my first home at 27. I was like in my dream city, you know, I had money and I was miserable inside. And so from acquiring these things that I thought would give me self-love and self-acceptance and still not having it is when I realized that it's deeper than that. It's really deeper than that. And I realized that probably I would say like late 20s and I started a quest from that point to find out what it really was and how I could acquire it. The one thing I think really helped me was I read a lot of books. I started meditating. Um, I started to have this new understanding of what self-love was and it's unconditional and it's not based upon, you know, any material things or what you look like or, and that's what I thought. I thought that as a kid and I thought that, you know, in my teens and growing up and it's been a long journey for me to understand what it really is. I think a lot of people don't really know the true meaning of self-love and self-acceptance. And it's important. You have to have those two 
qualities in order for you to really, really be happy. You, I mean, it's necessary. It really is. What does it mean specifically to you? What does it look like? What does it feel like? That's a great question. For me, self-love is accepting all of me, good days, bad days, loving, you know, focusing my attention on the things about me that I love, such as um, my intelligence, my passions, whether it's work or my kids, focusing my attention on those things and then accepting the things about me that I'm working through, that I'm still working on, that I'm not, you know, like my eating is not great, right? (laughs) And I'm always trying to become better, you know, as far as my health, but still accepting that that's who I am and it's okay. I think having compassion for yourself, what's good, and then also what you still are trying to work through, I think is the the definition of self-love. Self-acceptance to me means that I only seek validation from within. So what anyone else thinks about me doesn't matter. It only matters what I think about me. And when you come to the point in your life when you really understand that, then you're free. Then you're free from, you know, people's opinions or judgments or society's judgments about what you should look like or who you are or where you should live or you just find this freedom. And it's it's like I want everyone to feel this freedom because it's so wonderful. It really is. Freedom is hard for a lot of people to find. I think a lot of people spend a lifetime looking for that and never find it. It's something that takes intentional, focused, compassionate work, awareness. Did you find that it was equally as hard to receive love and acceptance from others as it was to uh, receive it or to give it to yourself? Yes, I would definitely agree. I think before I really started on my healing journey, I was in a lot of relationships before I got married where I was taken advantage of, where the love that I was that I was giving wasn't returned, where I was disrespected, um, where I was made to feel um, less than or unworthy. And that was really about what was going on inside of me. I realized that I had to start to really love myself so that I could, number one, understand what love felt like to receive it, and then also to be able to give it in a really, you know, pure, compassionate way. Is there any advice that you would want to give the listeners on on how they can live lives that they love or how they can begin the practice of self-love, self-acceptance? This can be a really hard journey for someone who's not aware of it, comfortable with it. And the last thing you want to do or uh, last thing I would want to do is to overwhelm a listener. Yes, I will give them two steps. (laughs) First thing that I did was to start to tune in to the thoughts about myself that were always playing in my head, right? So almost like those thoughts are on this tape. And a lot of those thoughts, when I tuned in and would listen to them, were unloving to myself, were not compassionate, were judgmental, were critical. And so one of the things I did was to start to challenge every single thought. Whenever I heard it, you can't do something or you're always making mistakes or whatever the thought was, I would challenge it and I would replace it with a positive thought, a loving thought, an affirming thought about myself. And the more I did that work, then naturally the thoughts either got really quiet, the bad thoughts, or they would just go away. So that's number one, the things that people can do. Number two is to forgive yourself. What I find is a lot of people, myself included, um, used to be attached to the things that I did in the past that I felt guilty about. 
And so the more you can start to say to yourself, you know, I forgive myself, I have compassion for myself, I love myself, then you start to resolve some of the reasons why you may feel guilt or shame about some things from the past. That little voice that you're talking about, you're a lot more compassionate with it than I am. I guess I'll say than I used to be. Now I'm I'm not that harsh. There was a time where I would like scream at it and and tell it to shut up and get out of my head. And, you know, after a while, I I realized that it wasn't even my voice. It wasn't the way that I talked, even the way I talked to my my cat. So that <laughs> awareness really helped me to be in tune to whose voice that was that was constantly putting me down or bringing me down. I want to go into the limiting beliefs. How can we learn to recognize the limiting beliefs? It's really easy to do. What you can do is you can sit down with a piece of paper and write down your goals. And as you're reading through each goal, whatever that goal is, like close your eyes and then go inside of yourself and feel any resistance. Is there any resistance to me starting a new career or opening a business or getting married this year or getting a divorce this year, whatever whatever your goals are? And what comes up, what will come up usually is a limiting belief about something that either you can't do or you can't have or you're too old to do. or And that's what a limiting belief is. It's any belief that you have that is in the way of you achieving your goals. To some people, a goal may sound like a very natural Oh, yeah, my goal is to whatever. To the adult survivor of childhood trauma, their childhood and consequently their mindset, unless they intentionally work on changing that mindset, is built around surviving. Goals, they don't even enter the conversation, especially when the adult has experienced extreme childhood trauma, and that could be a host of definitions. I want to explore this a little bit with you so that people who aren't familiar with goals and people who are, I'm sure that they can learn more about it as you share your your wisdom in your experience. Why do you find setting goals to be so important to our growth? I think the reason why setting goals is really important to our growth, especially for um, survivors of childhood trauma, is because when you're able to achieve any little tiny goal, you know, it could be um, loving yourself better today. It could be um, challenging a negative thought, one negative thought today. When I say goals, they they could range. They could be something very small to something very large. But the importance of the goal is that when you're able to achieve that one step, that makes you feel better about your life, that one step leads to more steps. And then that, you know, then those steps lead to more steps. And then those steps lead you to to bigger and grander goals and dreams. So it all starts with one little tiny step. You know, when you're able to accomplish that little baby step, that's going to give you confidence. It's going to give you belief in yourself, self-love, that I can maybe do a little bit more. And so even for survivors of childhood trauma, I think, um, you know, setting some little tiny goals as far as their own, you know, self-love, I think is really a really a good thing to do. Especially for someone who's not comfortable setting goals, or I should say who doesn't have the experience of setting goals. Do you think that they should focus on quote-unquote little goals or 
all of their goals. You know, like the idea being that a big goal might be overwhelming versus a little goal would give them the experience that they can set it and have experience in achieving it. I think everyone should start with small goals. And the way that I work with clients is there's a larger goal, of course, but we literally outline these little baby steps, right? Because when you see baby steps in front of you, then that looks achievable. Okay, I can call one person today. Okay, I can say something positive to myself today. I can tell myself every day I love and accept myself. So if you start with little tiny baby goals, then those will build your confidence in yourself that you can do more. Even for myself, I have this one large goal, but it's broken down into like 60 baby steps because 60 baby steps for me is manageable. I can every day take one of those baby steps and focus my attention on that one baby step and not focus on this overwhelming, huge dream that I have. For instance, one of my, my major goals is to really grow my business to a certain level for ourselves. And so one of the things that I do to get my message out to the world is I post a daily post on Facebook every day. It takes me, I don't know, you know, 15, 20 minutes to post a daily post. And I post it to all the groups I'm a member of. So that one little goal, if I'm doing that every day, and then I get responses from folks saying, you know, thank you for posting, or we liked your post, that inspires me to keep going. So maybe I'm not at the profit level I want to be in my business right now, but that will that little baby step that I achieve every single day inspires me, motivates me to keep doing what I'm doing. So let's take an example of a goal that somebody wants to silence the voice in their head. What little action steps would you suggest they start taking to help them with that goal? A, a good goal, a good baby step goal for really trying to um, silence that voice Number one, develop a meditation practice every day so that you can start to tune in because sometimes you don't hear it, right? Sometimes it's really, really quiet and you can't hear it. So starting to tune in every day, giving yourself silence every day, whether it's a walking meditation or some sort of quiet, quiet time where you can start to hear, close your eyes and hear thoughts that are going on in your head all day. If you can do that one thing every day, that will help. This whole idea of meditating, I've I've talked about this often with my past guests. It seems like everyone is talking about it, and it's a good thing because it really does put you in touch with your inner self. And for a lot of people, myself included, taking that first step was for me because I've, I've taken it, and I know that it is a hard step to take. There's a lot of stuff that gets created around fears and limitations. Um, There's that word again, uh, why (laughs) shouldn't meditate? Yeah. And yet, you know, meditating is a source that once you allow yourself to commit to it, I think you'll find yourself surprised at its benefits. Yeah, I would agree. It's it's totally transformed my life. And even though the researchers have found that meditation creates new neural pathways in your brain, which is how you think. So thoughts travel down neural pathways from one neuron to another neuron. And so all your life, all my life, we've been thinking a certain way. We have these established neural pathways in our brain. And as you're meditating, you're creating new pathways to allow new thoughts, new ideas, new visions, 
for how you want to live your life. So for me, it has totally um, put me in touch with my intuition, my inner guidance, even hearing the things. I can hear the resistance now to any of my goals. I hear it when I'm quiet, and then I can challenge it and say, well, I don't believe that anymore. That's an old belief, and I can implant what my new belief is. I do it out loud. This is my new belief about myself and my life, and it works. There's something kind of weighing on me, and I'm working through it. You know, I will say a mantra sometimes, or sometimes I just will be sit in silence and just listen, just listen. (laughs) And I find that just doing that, just listening to myself, to the thoughts in my head, to the sounds of my body, to my breath going through my body, I just am totally connected. And one thing I want to mention, too, is that um, I read this somewhere, and it's stuck with me since then. Um, A lot of people who've um, experienced childhood trauma become disassociated from from their bodies. So they're not necessarily in their bodies. And in your body is where the messages, the signs, the symbols of what to do, what to do next, what's right for you, what's not right for you. It's where you can fill them and be connected to those signs. And when you're outside of your body, you can't necessarily, you know, hear your intuition or feel it. And so meditation in itself just puts you right back in your body. And for me, being a survivor of, you know, sexual abuse as a child, I've never been more connected to my body um, in the way that I have since I've been doing meditation and hypnosis. It's powerful. My, my life purpose is to really help people who are struggling with the same sort of things that I've, I was struggling with, to help them to get through those things, to help them to release all of the emotional you know, blocks, the baggage, to help them to release any limiting beliefs, to really create a, a higher vision for their lives. Her website is mind, as in your mind, M-I-N-D, shift, S-H-I-F-T. I just went blank. What? Life. <laughs> Mindset. Life. Thank you. You can contact me at Susan at conversationsatheal.com. If I can support you on your healing journey, above all, you are a lovable and capable human being. Thank you all for listening to Conversations That Heal.